Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Unlikable Female Characters, the podcast featuring feminist thriller writers in conversation about women who don't give a damn if you like them. I'm Kristen LaBianca, and I'm here with Lane Fargo. Hello. Hello. It's summer. Yes, it is summer. And the Olympics, by the time this airs, they will already be going on. Um, They are starting soon as we record this, or are they? Because... (laughs) 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 I... This feels like back in the heat of the pandemic, like the worst times where we were like, well, we hope when this comes out, like these certain things will be happening, but we don't know. Cause all I hear right now is like more and more people are dropping out of the games because of COVID and yes. like people are isolating in the like Olympic village. <laughs> I'm alarmed. Yes. Are you alarmed? I'm very alarmed. There's like, there's like tens of thousands of athletes in that Olympic village. Like, yeah. How, no, this is, this is very bad. So many people are testing positive. I saw that an alternate on the USA gymnastics team tested positive. Like it's scary stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, and they're all going to be banging each other despite those cardboard beds that they're making them sleep on. Like, I really don't want this to be a super spreader event. No. At the same time, I fucking love the Olympics. <laughs> I was heartbroken yes. when they were canceled last year, even though, like, obviously they had to be and probably should be now as well. <laughs> um, I'm obsessed because I'm like, my thing with sports is I don't care about sports at all. Like, I don't watch sports. I don't give a shit, except when the Olympics are on. And then for two weeks, I'm the biggest fan of all sports, every sport. All the sports, <laughs> even the boring ones, even the boring, none of them are boring. They're all magical. And I <laughs> become obsessed. I like learn all the rules. I learn the names of the athletes. And then as soon as the closing ceremony happens, like it's gone. <laughs> You're like, what are sports? I don't even care. <laughs> yes. So it's like I compress all of my caring about sports into two week periods every you know couple years. And then yes. the rest of the time, I have no fucks to give about sports. But but you have confessed to me you are a sports fan, yes? I am a sports fan. It's um, it's kind of embarrassing because I don't think it really f- fits with my general vibe. But perhaps <laughs> more accurately, I can say that what I have is not like I don't like sports, but I'm obsessed with sports. Like I have kind oh, of wow. a, an obsessive personality in this way. So 
my partner is um, from Cleveland where there everyone in Cleveland has a massive chip on their shoulders about sports because the Cleveland sports teams are just woefully unlucky and LeBron left you yeah all, all <laughs> of that stuff but since getting together with her um, it's been many years at this point but I've become deeply obsessed with baseball and basketball okay um, and I follow uh, Cleveland baseball and basketball religiously. Like, I watch every game. It's really embarrassing. I did not know this about you. You contain multitudes, Kristen. <laughs> I do. I, a lot of a lot of my, like, watching watching the sports, like, Joanna's like, I'm so glad you like sports now. And I'm like, I don't know if I like them or if I just am fixated on them. Like, I can't. I literally can't tell. I have lots of opinions about their uniforms, of course. Okay. Um, that's most of my thoughts, probably. Um, but I, I think that they are kind of a fascinating, like, study in human nature, like the way that, like, people behave. Like, so f- maybe from, like, an anthropological point of view is what I enjoy. But, like, it's so funny to me to see, like, men jumping up and down with excitement when they win. <laughs> it is, like, the one space in our culture where men are allowed to have really strong emotions and be demonstrative. Yeah. And I feel like yes. that's a lot of why they're so obsessed with them because they're like, I can, like, hug my bros and cry. Right. But it's yeah. because of the sports ball. It's not because of any, like, real emotions that I have. Inside. Right. It's not because of I have emotions. It's because of sports. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so um, I have um, all of the Cleveland baseball games uh, on my calendar, I can tell you that the next game is tonight at eight oh seven. Wow! So <laughs> this is amazing. I yeah. only look up baseball game times because when the Cubs play in Chicago, traffic is the oh, worst. Yeah, and it like fucks with my partner's commute. So we'll like keep track of the Cubs schedule just to see when the games are, and then if they're out of town for a few days, it's like yes, <laughs> See, that's how I feel about. Um, Ohio State football, I could not care less, which, like, Columbus, Ohio State football is a huge deal. Oh, yeah. And, like, the only reason that I care about it is because it fucks up traffic when they have home games. Yeah, I went to Ohio State for grad school, and when I interviewed there at the theater department, they were like, do you like football? And I was like, no. <laughs> they were like, they were like, oh, you will. Like, you'll get into it. And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> and I did not. I was like, you know, because I was a marching man in high school, so I saw a lot of football games, and I was like what why is this a thing what is this they're just like running back and forth it's not even interesting yeah Yeah. yeah football doesn't it doesn't register with me as an exciting sport to watch I still don't care about that um but I'm right there with you about the Olympics I love every single thing in both summer and winter do you have a favorite between summer and winter you know I think probably summer because I absolutely love swimming and track Okay. And in winter, the main thing that I, I love to, and gymnastics, and the main thing that I like to watch in winter is the skating. So there's like more, more different sports in mm-hmm. summer that I, I, I get excited about. Yeah, for me, winter is my favorite. I really do love them both. But because I'm so obsessed with skating, like, you know, I'm eventually, I kind of backburnered it for now, but I've been working on a skating themed thriller. And like, that's my jam. I just fucking love figure skating. It's so messed up. <laughs> <laughs> like a really screwed up sport and I'm obsessed with it um so I do look forward to the winter games a little bit more but I'm like when it's on I'll just watch anything oh yeah I like sports I've never even heard of like things that you wouldn't think were sports like that weird thing with the horses where they like do the pretty like prancing around yeah (laughs) or like yeah or like the (laughs) like the skiing and the shooting I forget what that one is like well I don't even know but it's like 
cool. I'll watch that this. Biathlon? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> See, I'm like a dumb bitch about sports, except when the Olympics are on and they have not started yet at the time that we're recording this. So my sports brain has not like kicked in yet. <laughs> <laughs> Your sports brain needs to redevelop. But like in, yeah. in a week from now, you will be on. You will know every single event name. Yeah, it's going to come online during the opening ceremony. It always does. So um, <laughs> I wonder, if the, are they going to have an opening ceremony? It seems like so dangerous at this point. So. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, like it's on the TV schedule because I have YouTube TV and I logged in the other day and they were like, which Olympic sports do you want to record? And they had like all so you could pick them. And I'd already set it to record everything. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> record everything. This is the <laughs> first year for the Olympics that I have all of the channels. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I yeah. could watch the Olympics 24 hours a day. Like this is magical. Yeah, I think same actually. Um, I think the last time we didn't like we were kind of like beholden to whatever they were showing on the major channels but like Mm -hmm. now it's we can watch every single thing we can watch every qualifying and preliminary round and it's amazing so excited oh my god (laughs) yeah we've been wanting to do this episode for a while we're going to talk about like female athletes and um we just thought this would be a great time during the olympics which again hopefully happening as this airs (laughs) oh my god it's scary it's scary out there yeah it sure is all right so what do we want to talk about first? Um, let's talk about how female athletes and like female sports teams don't get the respect they deserve or the money they deserve. Because I know we're both yes. really pissed off about this, yes. especially after we both just watched. There's this new documentary that it's on HBO Max. I think it's like a CNN documentary, though, called LFG, which stands for let's fucking fucking go go. (laughs) (laughs) and this is about the u.s women's soccer team and their fight for equal pay and we both watched this and we're just like livid like so angry there was a point during this movie where they showed because i knew like i'd heard about the the pay battle and that they weren't being paid as much as the men and like okay like i was aware of that but when they showed the charts yes compared like how much the women get paid to the men i screamed at the television i was like what yes (laughs) Yeah, there were a few times where I was just like, what? But, like, the thing – so, spoiler alert, they – the case is still ongoing, technically, yeah. but um, the the argument of, like, that they should receive equal pay has been dismissed by the courts because, <laughs> technically, the women – some of the women made more money than the men. Like, if you because were just, like, looking better. at – Right, like, if you're looking at, like, you know, like, dollar amounts written on a piece of paper – Yes, they made more, but they also won way more. So it's sort of like saying, like, the men are mediocre at their job and didn't win. And they didn't get any bonuses and they didn't play on all of these extra tournaments and they didn't win the fucking World Cup. The women did. They won everything. They got these bonuses. And therefore, they earned more money. And so there's no equal pay issue. It's like, but if the men had done what the women had done, they would have made way more money yeah but they didn't because they suck right (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're being punished for their excellence like they're being punished for being good because i guess i didn't even realize all of the it's like they get paid bonuses if they win tournaments or games and so like that affects the, the pay level but like the amount that the women's team gets for winning a game or winning the world cup is way less than what the men's yes. team would be offered so it's just it's so egregious i <laughs> Yes, and part of the problem, too, is that, like, I forget the exact terminology, but, like, basically, the women's organization agreed to a different type of contract, but it was, like, 
they they agreed to the a, a contract that was offered to them. They were never offered terms right. similar to what the men were offered. And like that's also a huge equal pay issue. Like they were never even offered the opportunity to negotiate that type of pay per game right contract. Like they weren't given the choice. Mm-hmm. And so some of the detractors are like, well, they agreed to it, so how can they complain now? It's like, well, they they did agree to it. That is true. But they were never given the opportunity to negotiate for something better. And they probably didn't know how much the men were making. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, you don't know. I mean, it's like in Hollywood, too, where there are all these cases of, like, an actress is getting paid a lot less than an actor. And they don't know because all that stuff is secret. Like, they only find out if someone shares that information with them. And same in publishing, actually. Like, we don't know each other's advances unless we share that information, which um, I have at least one contract that says I am not allowed to do that, that there's like an NDA clause, which is bullshit, by the way. Like, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Like, why is all of this so secretive? I I mean, get away with shit. Yeah, it's fucked up. And then they tried to argue in the court, in the court case, right, that it was because like the women weren't as strong and athletic as the men. They were just like weak ladies with their weak little lady bodies. Yeah, which like, like as infuriating as the other arguments are like as infuriating as the, well, they agreed to it argument is like this, this argument about like, well, men are stronger and more powerful. Therefore they're entitled to get, it's like who the fuck thought it was okay to argue this. It's just astonishing. Plus I think Megan Rapino could like bench press a lot of men. I'm just going to say. I think so too. And I also think that she could like just terrify them into laying down in a little ball and crying. Yeah. She's cordially invited to bench press me anything she wants. <laughs> yeah, she's incredible. Um, yeah. I want everything that she owns in this documentary. Like, she just looks so fabulous. She In does. every fucking scene. Like, her shoes and her pants and her little bag. Oh, God. But, she's yeah. She's so stylish and badass. She's so and... stylish and badass. And, like, like <clears throat> listening to her... Um, like speak very candidly about all these issues was just really powerful. So that's a, a highly recommended documentary. Mm-hmm. This documentary will leave you burning with feminist rage and with a crush on Megan Rapinoe if you didn't yes. already have one, which like what's <laughs> wrong with you? Right. She's so fascinating to me because a lot of men are very, including uh, the ex-president Donald Trump, <laughs> very threatened by her, like very yes. upset by her. And I'm like, I think it's because she doesn't give a fuck what men think and she's going to steal your girl. Like, yes. We did that episode a while back on like the woman who will steal your girl. Like that's Megan Rapinoe. She could steal For anyone's sure. girl anytime. <laughs> anytime. Any day of the week, twice on Sundays. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, all these ladies are super badass, um, and it was just incredible and, like, infuriating also to hear a lot of them talk about their, like, struggles to make ends meet because they're not getting paid that much. Like, they're professional athletes. Like, this is their job, and they're having to take – like, one of them said at various points in her career, she was, like, stuffing boxes at Amazon in the off-season, or they have to take coaching jobs, or they have to – like, that's true in a lot of sports. Like, there's not a lot of – funding like people think of athletes as super wealthy because you've got you know the lebron james of the world who have all these endorsement deals and like huge pay but there are a lot of professional athletes who are not being paid very much and are really struggling um and yeah it would help if they were paid as much as the men (laughs) it certainly would in the case of like the wnba like almost you know all of the players have other careers or tons of them play in um 
leagues in Europe and Russia in the off season because they like they just don't get paid enough money. And I have some some pretty eye opening stats regarding WNBA salaries that I would like to I would like to share. So these numbers are like from twenty nineteen, I think. So hopefully things have gotten better. I'm sure they haven't. I'm sure they've only gotten worse. But the absolute highest salary, which is called the Supermax salary. Like this is the most that any WNBA player gets paid. It's it's a good salary. It's two hundred twenty one thousand dollars. Okay. Now in the NBA, in the men's league, the lowest salary for this time period, the lowest salary, $838,000. What? <laughs> right? For like the shittiest player who... Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. It's insane. So wow. that's like the absolute wow. best WNBA player makes a quarter of what the worst men's league player makes. Yikes. And then, like, wow. I mean, you look at the big the big athletes in the NBA are making, obviously, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. It's like, sure. I understand, <clears throat> and I understand, like, why. Like, superstars in the NBA have so much visibility and those leagues. Like, it's, I understand that, like, the women's league is not going to pay any players $30 million a year. The, no. the WNBA doesn't make enough money to justify that. I get it. But when you look at like the supermax salary as compared to the lowest salary, it's like this, something isn't something isn't right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was sort of looking into that, I <clears throat> discovered that um, part of it is that like the NBA pays a higher percentage of its overall revenue to its players than the WNBA mm. does, um, mm. which is curious and messed up. Yeah. So it's like, even even if that were rec- it's, it was something like, the NBA pays fifty percent of its revenue to its players. The WNBA pays twenty percent. Um, cool, cool, cool. Great. Oh wow. Yeah, fascinating. <laughs> I mean, I think like the argument in the NBA is a little because like women's basketball is not anywhere near as popular as men's basketball. Like that's right. just a fact right now. I mean, it shouldn't be that way, but it is like the WNBA players are not like celebrities in the way that the top NBA players are. Mm-hmm. But in soccer, that's not the case. Like men's soccer is not popular in the United States. Like, that's no true. Really like, shit, right. Yeah. Like I couldn't identify a single, like I can't name a single men's soccer team. I mean, men's yeah. national team player. Like, no, I don't no. know who any of them are. Maybe if no. one of them would um, get up off his ass and speak up on behalf yeah. of these women who are fighting for equal pay, I might remember his name then. Right? <laughs> That's what I kept wondering. I was like, why are all the men being so silent about this? Hmm. Well, probably because they don't want to. They don't want to mess up their arrangement by like they get paid for sucking. Yeah, they're like, we're we're good with that. <laughs> we're good with getting paid well for sucking. It's fine. <laughs> of course they are. Ugh, yeah. Crazy. Another thing in that documentary that really struck me, there was this quote, but I think it was Becky Sauerbrunn, one of the players, she said, women have been brainwashed into being grateful for whatever they have. Yes. That like really, I was like, wow, that's so true in like every industry. And I think the reason that 
athletes challenge these boundaries a lot is like that's sort of antithetical to being an elite <laughs> athlete. Like you're not going to just be grateful for what you have. Right. You're going to want to be the best and you're going to want to win and you're going to want to keep fighting and pushing. Like you're not just going to be like, well, I'm so lucky to be on this team and I guess I'll just like be happy with that. Like you keep pushing yourself. That's the whole <laughs> yes. the personality of an athlete. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it doesn't make any sense. And it's like, there are so many, there are so many examples of that, of just like women getting less and being expected to be fine with it. Like in this past year's uh, NCAA basketball tournament, there was a video that Sedona Prince, who is a a women's um, basketball player, uh, she posted about the, like the exercise room that the women were offered that the tournaments took place in, in a bubble because of COVID. So like, they couldn't go elsewhere. So there was like, you know, a workout room for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like some yoga mats and like a few free weights in this tiny space. Meanwhile, oh, need just some yoga mats, <laughs> just some yoga mats. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, the men's team had like massive workout space with all kinds of fancy equipment. And so, she, uh, she posted a video, uh, that was pretty widely, um, passed around and it was just like, that's so messed up. Like, mm-hmm. the NCAA is problematic anyway, but, like, to just be so blatant about it. Yeah, they're it's like, not even trying. They're not even trying. It's not like, oh, well, they both had nice workout spaces, but the men's was a little bit nicer. It was, like, night and day. It was, like, the women had a random closet, and the men had a whole suite full of equipment. Um, wow. It's just so fucked up. It is interesting. It's, like, all of the sports that are, like, played by both men and women that are, like, more associated with men, like basketball, soccer. Um, Usually the women get paid a lot less and are disrespected this way. Like, the only sports I can think of where women really get the attention and and sometimes pay they deserve is in, like, really feminine coded sports, like gymnastics and figure skating. Even then, like, those are, especially skating, like, incredibly expensive sports that you practically have to have, like, rich parents to survive in. And then there's all this, you're supposed to behave like a perfect little lady and look pretty all the time, even when you're off the ice. And that's what I found a lot in my research for my ice skating book that I've been working on forever now. Um, Just the, like, gender expectations are really fascinating. It's like women are supposed to be ladylike and pretty and feminine and not too big, like, not too muscular, even though, like, you need to be muscular to do that shit. (laughs) Right. Like you, you're supposed to look like, look like a waif and yet be able to do these incredibly powerful things, but make them look graceful. Graceful. And like, you're not trying hard. Right. You look like you're trying, then you're not doing it right. And then the gender expectations for men in skating are really interesting too. It's changing somewhat, but until very recently, and I think this is still uh, an issue, um, there's a lot of pressure for men to seem heterosexual, even if they're not like, it's kind of an open secret, which there are like out gay skaters now. And, um, actually, a an ice dancer, Caitlin Weaver, she just came out as queer oh. during pride month, which was like a big deal. Oh, Cause there's not a lot of queer exciting. women, not out queer women in the sport. I should say, <laughs> I'm sure yeah. there are plenty. Right. Um, but like these sort of like gender roles that they're enforcing, it's like super traditional and conservative. And it's partially because the people, running the skating associations are like old people right (laughs) (laughs) old white people (laughs) yeah old white straight people but it's fascinating because I had a subplot in my skating book about a character who was like closeted and my 
a, a male character and my agent was like well aren't like i mean it's skating like most of the guys are gay right and i was like no no like they're really pressured to stay in the closet like johnny weir was pressured to not come out <laughs> even though like his every <laughs> yeah like every <laughs> single thing about, about him, him. Yeah, like, yeah. obviously he's gay. Like, everybody knew, and he knew everybody knew, but the skating officials were like, oh, no, you can't come out. You can't say the words. You can't, like, you have to pretend to be straight. I mean, it's That is absurd. so weird. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. So there's a lot of toxic stuff in these feminine-coded sports. I don't know as much about gymnastics, um, except for the whole, you know, scandal with that doctor Ugh, who was molesting God. hundreds of girls, which... Yes. I watched a documentary about that where they were, I think it's um, Athlete A on Netflix. There's been a couple documentaries and they were talking about how it used to be that gymnasts, uh, female gymnasts were older, like not, you know, 30, but like right. 18 to 24, like kind of in there. And they were uh, a little more, had like a, a build that was more powerful, not as wayfish. And mm-hmm. then, um, it became like trendy and in vogue to have these like really tiny girlish gymnasts because they could spin and jump higher and all of this stuff. And then you're creating this environment where you have these super, super, super young girls who are being controlled by these coaches. And it just is an environment that is <laughs> like, I mean, ripe for something like this. Right. To happen. Yeah. It's just these young, young girls and nobody protecting them. And they're, they've grown up in this. Like it's all they know. It, it's right. so screwed up. Yeah, that is insane. I I did some reading about what female gymnasts wear and how everything is so sparkly and, mm-hmm. like, why. And at first I was like, it's fucked up that they have to be so sparkly. But then as I was reading about it, it turns out that, like, a lot of the time they like the sparkliness because when these meets are going on, um, there's, like, it's not like one event is happening at a time. Like, it's, like, right. chaos in there. And so having the very distinct sparkly get-ups can help people, like, spot them, which makes sense. But I always feel like when I'm watching skating, it's just, like, I wish that these women were allowed to be wearing, like, leggings. Yeah. But, like, I've, I've seen, like, a skater perform in something that was, like, leggings, like, once. There are more women wearing bodysuits now, but it's kind of controversial still um, yeah. and could get you like knocked off presentation points from <laughs> some like old school judge. Seriously. It's-, it's it's so insane. Like these are elite athletes who are so powerful and strong and they have to wear this dumbass like lacy stuff. Yeah. And it's just like I can't I can't accept that. They all like that, right? Like, Mm-mm. how could you? Like, you want to... Other other sports, even other women's sports that aren't coded with so much femininity, like, they're not required to wear this ridiculous frilly stuff. Like, imagine if, like, the women's swim team was supposed to wear, like, sexy bathing suits. <laughs> like, <laughs> thank God they're not. Like, Jesus Christ. that idea. I know. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like a fucking miracle that they're not, but it's, like, really disturbing that for these these very feminine seeming graceful dainty sports these are athletes and yet they have to like wear pageant shit yeah and like all the makeup and all that yeah. and it really affects because like in skating you've got your technical score which they've done a lot of work to try and make that a little more equitable where things are like assigned a certain point value and all this stuff so it's not because it used to just be you got like a score out of six and people could just give you whatever score they wanted because they right. liked you or didn't like you i mean so it's a little yeah. bit more 
more regimented now, but then the presentation and like artistic expression score is very subjective and the judge can just decide they don't like your dress or your eyeliner or whatever right. and score you down. Yeah. And that happened. I mean, Tanya Harding is the most f- famous example of that. <laughs> I think like that she was just not like feminine and waifish in the way that the sport wanted her to be. Right. And she was criticized for that and scored down for that. And even though she was like a very, powerful jumper and like a, she was more of an athlete than an artist and that hurt her I think she's finally starting to get like the respect she deserves in in some ways I don't know yeah. I watched a lot of documentaries about her and uh she's a fascinating person yes oh my god very interesting but like but yeah she she wasn't like like I mean she she was very graceful as a skater obviously like you have to be it's hard to imagine like a not graceful skater because by its nature like you're gliding and swooping and all that but like you know she was like more powerfully built and like you know she didn't have that sort of like I don't know waspy quality that a lot of them have like she, yeah. she was a, you know a little bit trashy maybe and that's like not the look of the sport that's what was so interesting in watching all these documentaries about the like Nancy Kerrigan Tanya Harding thing is Nancy Kerrigan's family is also like blue collar working class yes but she managed to basically she's basically doing like wasp drag yes and she like figured out how to present herself as this like beautiful ice princess and it really worked for her yes (laughs) and tanya harding was either like unwilling or unable to play that game and you got to respect her for it to some extent but like it's just it's just messed up like it should be about the the athleticism and like what they can do and not just like how pretty they look and how they carry themselves and because they get judged a lot like off ice too like the judges are really involved in their lives all year round even not like during competition and they'll like criticize them for what they're wearing and how they're acting and I mean it is just it is a bizarre and fucked up sport which is why I'm so obsessed with it yeah it's like it's like a cross between a sport and like a pageant yeah it's like like, which is not that's (laughs) not yeah it's incredible but bad but amazing yes (laughs) my favorite skater maybe of all time but like definitely like top three is Katarina Witt um from Germany do you remember Mm -hmm. her from back in the day I do she (laughs) such a bad bitch oh my god I mean she won two gold medals I think and she was criticized for being too sexy like she would wear these really revealing costumes and like kind of make eye contact with the judges and be (laughs) all like coquettish and like flirty but and kind of like an aggressive powerful way um and my favorite anecdote that I've come across about her in my research is that she would when because they're you know when they're practicing on the ice before a competition it's like a bunch of skaters out on the ice but usually one person's music will be playing and they kind of have like the center ice so they're allowed to take control and everybody else is sort of skating around them mm-hmm. and Katarina when that was going on she would improvise to the other person's music <laughs> while they were practicing <laughs> to intimidate them so people say I read her um, memoir and she was like people said I did that to intimidate other skaters but I just did it because like I was inspired by the beautiful music and I wanted to move and I'm like bitch no <laughs> just own it that is a major bad just bitch move I love it that is so baller like she just I mean what a great way to intimidate someone because yes. it's like a way that people can't really like she's not breaking a rule she's right. not like running into them or like hurting them she's yeah. just like I'm just gonna make everyone look at me yeah oh that's so good <laughs> it's so yeah, it's so her. crazy that she was criticized for being like too sexy or too flirty because it's like so there the I mean this is the way for you know women not just in skating it's everywhere like you're supposed to be feminine but not too sexy and you're supposed to be like available but not 
slutty. You're like, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Oh my so god, it's like pure but beautiful, but like accessible but not too accessible. Yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah, it's very prevalent in in skating. It's just like and everywhere, like you said. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, thinking back, like back in the the, the golden age of figure skating uh, of Katarina Vit, um, and a bit later. I want to shout out Midori Ito. Do you remember oh, yeah. her? Mm-hmm. So in the 1992 Olympics, she had a triple axel planned in her performance. And she fell, but then she threw another one in and landed it. Mm-hmm. And I always just thought that was such a bad bitch move. Because it's like, it has to be so hard to throw a different element into your program. When you're already rattled. Yeah. But, like, yeah. she totally did it, and so she became the first lady to land it in the Olympics or in competition or something. Yeah, um, since Tanya Harding fucked up at every Olympics she ever went to. Yes. <laughs> oh, Tanya. <laughs> so sad. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I always thought that that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Going back to your sparkly outfits comment, I wanted to talk about Simone Biles, mm-hmm. um, Ultimate Bad Bitch, and her um, sparkly goat that she has on all of her. Yes! <laughs> Have you seen that? Yes! Oh my god, <laughs> so good. She is so interesting because she is just like, it, she's on her own level at this point. Oh like yeah. She just is only competing with herself. She... I again don't I don't know that much about gymnastics but except like in a week from now I will know everything <laughs> right <laughs> right now I don't know very much um but she's just doing things that nobody else can do she's like so dominant in the sport and she's not apologetic about it she's just like like her her attitude and confidence and like cockiness almost is really interesting to me because I don't feel like she's gotten criticized for it that much like she's kind of getting away with it and I love that for her yes it's almost just like well like there's no argument she is the best so yeah she can act like the best because like that's objectively true at this Uh point I mean she's like she's had like so many things named after her like moves that she's the only one who is able to do like Mm -hmm. it's wild Mm -hmm. so yeah greatest of all time I have to (laughs) say as the Olympics have been approaching and like I kept thinking about like oh maybe they should cancel them and I was like no Simone needs to go and win her gold medals like everyone else can just (laughs) well it just must be so like it must be so scary for elite athletes to like I mean your entire career is like mapped out according to these this event that happens every four years right like yes every every decision that you make early on is like okay well this is when I'll be ready this is when I'll be at my best and so for it to be postponed last year had to be so terrifying because people were ready and it's like what what if they don't happen then I have literally missed my chance to you know win all the medals and go down in history as one of the greatest so for that reason I am very glad that it's happening I want her to win all those medals I just hope that she's vaccinated and staying away from all these plague badgers who aren't and I know I'm like can we put Simone in a bubble please yes. like her own bubble yes. all on her own I just it's terrifying uh yeah I want her to win everything and just like be in the history books and but it is like especially as a sport like gymnastics where there's a really short window for women especially where you're considered elite like where you can do all the stuff that you're supposed to do before your body gets too old at the age of like 25 (laughs) yes too too old and decrepit to do the fancy stuff yeah Yeah. it's wild so let's talk about tennis yeah let's talk about tennis I'm very excited to watch that at the Olympics yes most recently, Naomi Osaka made some waves because she didn't want to participate in press events 
after the was it the French Open? The French Open, yeah. She said she didn't want to do them, and then I believe they assessed a fine to her, and so she ultimately withdrew from the competition. Yeah, because I said it was contractually obligated that she did these press events, but the press events are so stupid. It's like you're sitting up in front of all of these reporters and then like if you won they're like are you like how do you feel and you're like I feel great because I won or if you lost they're like why did you lose and you're like <laughs> you know yeah, like, what, uh, what are they saying that is so substantive that we like need to hear from them I I just yes think it's bullshit. as as a person who watches a lot of sports and sees a lot of like sports journalism it's like it's all very stupid like yeah. they're just like so yeah they're like how does it feel to win how does it feel to lose how did you do that and they're always just like i just go out and do my best it's it's like the same <laughs> question every day have you seen that key and peel sketch about that no it's like they're interview i forget what sport if it's like football or basketball where the reporter is like what's your strategy and they're like i just gotta go out there and do my best gotta execute 100 percent like that's, <laughs> that's the <laughs> That's, that's like really literally what they all sound like. Yes, it really is. And it's like it, like these announcers like like they say idiotic things all the time like sometimes you just don't score enough points to win. No shit. That's <laughs> how math works. Like <laughs> in fact every game yes. someone <laughs> doesn't score enough yes. points to win. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's very, very profound. But so yeah, it's not like it's not like these French Open press conferences were like going to be full of rich content. It was going to be like people just asking these same questions over and over and you can totally see how stressful that would be yeah after you've played whether you win or lose like if you if you won you probably just want to go and be happy and if you lost you just want to go cry in your hotel room you don't want to like sit there and have to like repeat these idiotic like oh i just just gotta focus okay and you have to behave yourself like very well like you can't be like i'm mad that i lost or like get like unless you're a man like something like that but like for a female athlete and especially a woman of color like you have to they're expecting her to just be like very gracious and like well the other person played better and it's almost like testing her sportsmanship in public every time and like it's ridiculous like she should just be able to if she lost go off and cry in a corner by herself and yeah be left alone. it's absolutely ridiculous to have to perform in this way so <clears throat> she didn't want to do it so she withdrew and there was a lot of backlash about about that and I don't really know I don't really know why but um I saw this week so this was this was a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago that this had happened um but this week Megan Kelly that wonderful Ooh. creature Uh, was coming hard for Naomi Osaka. She wanted to say, like, oh, you you claim you have anxiety, and so for mental health reasons you can't do these press events, but you were on all these magazine covers. Where was your social anxiety then? It's like, that's not not the same thing at all. What are you talking about? So it's like... It's amazing on the Sports Illustrated swimsuit. Yes, yes. Those are great covers this time the bisexuals appreciate um (laughs) but so netflix just released this documentary series i think it's like three episodes about naomi and i watched the first one i haven't seen the other two yet and you can just tell in this documentary what and like like an introverted kind of like insular person she is like she seems very like thoughtful and private and like kind of like a little uncomfortable in the documentary actually Mm, like there's a lot of talking to other people on her team and she's a little more reserved and I could totally see how she does not want to go up in front of all these people and explain the obvious right (laughs) she's just tired and stressed out and I don't know why that should be but it is in every sport they do these like 
like gymnastics people fall and hurt themselves and then they've got a camera shoved in their face like how do you feel and if you say like i feel like shit i just fell or you get mad at them then you're in trouble basically yeah you're supposed to be a perfect lady at all times yeah or like you know watching the track the track event trials like someone has just finished a 100 meter sprint and they're like still extremely out of breath and someone's shoving a camera in their face and they're just like panting and saying like yes praise god i won but it's like don't you think they probably want to say like can you give me a fucking minute like yeah (laughs) but you can't say that of course um, no, so you cannot say that. Like even some athletes who like I'm thinking of Michaela Maroney, the gymnast or yes. Ashley Wagner, like where they kind of ex- visibly expressed mm-hmm. uh, disgust or like upset at their score. Yes. Or, and there's that famous picture of Michaela where she's like covering up her silver medal. Like, yeah, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> she has the best resting bitch face. Yes. Um, that they were really criticized for that yes. and it's like why should you have to pretend that you're happy all the time and like fine with when things don't go your way like we're in men's sports there are men who are like smashing their tennis rackets right at people and punching lockers like, like yeah smashing their helmets into dugouts and like yeah yeah it's really messed up the Michaela Maroney thing I think is really interesting because like so you should, it became a meme in this whole like uh-huh. not impressed face and it's true that like you know, the face that she's making is, like, not impressed, but it's, like, the reason she made that face was she did not execute well and was, like, disappointed. Yeah, like, disappointed in herself. Yeah. Not, like, upset with anyone else. Not, I mean, that's what's the thing. So often in these sports, it's, like, it's not, like, the person is mad at someone else or even mad at the judges necessarily. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> but right. it's they're, like, disappointed in themselves because they've been working their whole lives for this and didn't go the way they wanted. And anybody would have a lot of emotions in that moment. And like men are allowed to express that as anger in certain contexts, but women are not supposed to express that at all. They're just supposed to be happy and grateful to be there and like sweet. And yes, which is crazy because like so like she, you know, that was kind of a a pivotal moment for her because she kind of retired not long after Mm -hmm. that happened. And like it became a meme. And yeah, it's funny. And and now she's in like a commercial for Uber Eats or something. Yeah. And it's like, but that's actually like, you're allowed to feel disappointed. Like it sucks Mm -hmm. that it's now like, it's a meme and a joke and it's like, LOL, not impressed, but it's like, give her space to feel her feelings. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And like Serena Williams is one of the few athletes who like has shown that kind of anger on the court. Like there was that incident actually in a, it was a match between her and Naomi Osaka, I think where she was, the umpire made some calls that Serena disagreed with and she kind of got in his face and, and yelled at him and people were like aghast that she would behave this way. <laughs> it's just like, you know, she is at the top of her sport. Like she knows what she's talking about and she right. felt like he was doing something unfair. And I don't know about enough about tennis to say whether or not that was the case, but I would like tend to defer to Serena Williams on right. the matter. Right. Um, but she really like, and she wasn't even like, it wasn't like she was even like screaming at him. She was just kind of talking back to him, like arguing with him. Right. Um, and people were like, she's being so aggressive, which is so coded. Yes. Uh. <laughs> so messed up. And it's crazy yeah. to think like in tennis, like 20 or 30 years ago, players like John McEnroe, like it was a whole, his whole thing was that he was always freaking out and yelling and throwing mm-hmm. shit. And like, I think that behavior like that is not, it's, it is no, no longer no acceptable. And I don't think that anyone, male or female, is really doing that now. But, like, can you imagine back at that time if a woman was behaving like that? Like, Mm -mm. it was completely acceptable and 
and also kind of like meme ish. Like that's just that's just how he is. He's an mm-hmm. angry guy, but like a woman could never behave in that way. No, but people just want to be mad about Serena. Like whatever they do, she does. Yeah, like, the cat suit thing, which was for like a medical reason, right? Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, it was for, like she had blood clots. Yeah, so she had like a, a like a instead of wearing like the the little floofy skirt get up she had sort of like a full body cat suit for like compression reasons because she mm-hmm. had a blood clot issue after she had um after she gave birth so like it was like to just sort of keep her healthy and it was it was like scandalous she wasn't a lo- like i forget exactly what happened but like i think that was also the french open let me look that up um french open seems like a terrible place <laughs> <laughs> Lost so much drama. Yeah. But she looked like a fucking superhero. Oh, my like, God. It was yeah. awesome. She it looked was great. T- but it totally was, awesome. Even if she didn't, it was for a medical reason. So, like, everyone shut up. Yes. Um, and the, some of the comments were, like, she wasn't respecting the rich history of the game by wearing oh something God. like this. But it's, like, I, and I feel like she's actually been extremely gracious considering the insane things that people have said about her. Like, yeah. you know, she, when the, the cat suit issue came up, her comment was sort of just like, you know, obviously Grand Slam tournaments can do whatever they want to do. Like, she didn't make a fuss about it. But also, she is the rich history of the game. Yes. Like, shut up, old white men. Like, yes. what? <laughs> uh, she's like the only reason most people care about tennis at this point. <laughs> like, yes, for many se- years. Seriously. I- <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Like even I who know nothing about tennis except when the Olympics are on, I worship her. She's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm sure there are some examples of men being criticized for what they are wearing. But Well, Johnny Weir actually got a lot of crap for the things that he wore on the ice cuz he um wore more like like unitard kind of things, more like the Russian style mm-hmm. and the kind of almost like a ballet costume kind of look right a lot of the officials wanted him to dress more manly basically (laughs) it's so ridiculous some of the male skaters will wear i mean they're like made out of stretchy material but they'll basically wear like blue jeans on the ice and i'm just like i get it you're straight like right (laughs) (laughs) it's so crazy sports are fucking fascinating they are um and i'm so excited to watch the olympics which will hopefully like we said be yes. going on i hope the athletes all stay as safe as possible and it is it's a tough situation for everyone involved but um i hope it goes well and i feel like everyone in the world could just like use something like this at this point to yes bring us all together yeah and... we need something to root for like it's yeah i think it would be good i worry about them but I really hope that most people are vaccinated and that it'll be, all be okay. But it's we're like our our next couple of weeks of television viewing are set, which is great. Don't have to decide mm-hmm. what to watch. Um, all Olympics, all the time. Very excited about that. That's it for this episode of Unlikable Female Characters. Don't forget to subscribe, and you can also follow us on Twitter at UnlikableFCPod for updates, book recommendations, and angry feminist rants. Our website is unlikablefemalecharacters.com, and we're also on Instagram at unlikablefemalecharacters. Thanks for listening.